This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Hi guys. Hello, how are we all going? Good, I'm glad. I hope you're all having a great Sunday evening. And for those who don't know me, my name's Hannah and I'm really excited and a bit nervous to be speaking to you guys tonight, so please bear with me. And for those who don't know a little bit about me, I've been a young adult here at New Hope for about a year and I've been yeah, attending these night services for a year because I'm really not a morning person, so the night, the night services really suit me. And yeah, I'm the oldest of three siblings, I've got my mum and dad and Remy and Poppy here, which is really exciting, thanks guys for coming. And yeah, as a church we've been wrapping up our sermon series, Being With, and this is where I come in. I'll be speaking to you today from the book of Revelation. And I don't know about you guys, but when I'm listening to someone preach, what I love the most is that from the get-go, they get straight to the point. Or else my brain just gets so confused about what they're talking about. So for my sake and for your guys' sake, I hope and pray that you leave here today with this. Whether you've never heard about God before or you've had a faith all of your life, know this, that God loves you and that He wants more than anything else, a genuine and constant relationship with you so much so that he longs to be present and known in all areas of your life. You know, that's kind of my mic drop moment. Like I could just walk away and leave it at that. You know, that's really the fundamental part of my message, that he loves you and is always pursuing, always moving towards you, all of you, including the parts of us that are messy, that we're not really proud of, that no one really knows about. And he wants us to let him into that space, the good, the bad, everywhere in between. Friends, no matter what you've done or whether you think the world or nothing of this guy, Jesus, he's knocking on the door of your heart today. And the question I pose to you is, will you let him in? All right, let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you're here right now and that you know and love all of us in this room more than we could ever know. Thank you that you see us and meet us where we're at. I pray for those of us that have come in today feeling weary and unsure of where they stand with you. I pray that you would make yourself known to them. I pray for those who are, you know, really enjoying life at the moment. I pray you would continue to refresh them so that they could then refresh others. For those who have walked through these doors, heavy, tired, anxious, would you carry their burdens and invite them to rest in you? For those maybe questioning your existence and their purpose here, remind them of your goodness and of who they are because of what your son Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago. Thank you that you are enough for us. And I pray over this message that these words would be yours and you would touch every person in this room and watching online. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'll be reading today from Revelation 3, verse 14 to 21. And I just wanna give us a little bit of context before we begin. So Revelation was written by this guy called John a really, really long time ago, like 90 AD, way back at a really tough time in history when the Christians were being persecuted. So the purpose of the book was to encourage Christians to stand firm against persecution and compromise in the light of the return of Jesus Christ. John in the first three chapters of Revelation addresses seven seven letters to seven churches. And we'll be looking at the seventh church he writes to, the church of Laodicea. God uses John to speak directly to the congregation who are lukewarm in their faith. They're distracted by their wealth and their status. 
And he's encouraging them to turn from their ways and to invite God into all areas of their life. So if you want to read with me, you can, no pressure. But I'll be reading from Revelation 3, verse 14 to 21 in the NLT version, because no arguments, that is the best translation written in the planet. All right, so here we go. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you were neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you were like lukewarm water, neither hold nor caught, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. You don't realise that you were wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. And this verse I think is the most important verse of the chapter. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. So here is the first point from this section for those who are note takers, because I definitely am. Point number one, God is calling us to a higher way of living. He doesn't want us to stay lukewarm. And as a coffee snob, yes, I'm going to bring coffee into this. If I order a strong ass latte, I expect it to be cold. On the the other hand, if I'm just ordering a strong latte, I expect it to be hot, to revive my soul. I'm not about to drink a lukewarm coffee. Like, I'm sorry, that's going in the bush. It's got to be one of the two extremes. It's got to be either hot or cold, never lukewarm. But in our context today, what does it mean to be lukewarm? Francis Chan, who was a well-known teacher, preacher and author, says that lukewarm Christians don't really want to be saved from their sins. They want to be saved from the consequences of their sins. This can look like being prompted by the Holy Spirit to be the light, set apart, different from everyone else, but then choosing to deny those convictions and living out one's own narrative. Self-gratification, comforts and worldly desires drive the thinking and therefore the actions and lifestyle of a lukewarm believer. It's acknowledging the Holy Spirit on a Sunday or when it's convenient or when it's easy or when you can, but denying God and His calling over your life every other day. Simply put, lukewarm Christians claim they believe in God or have a faith, but still choose to live for themselves. You know, and as John is saying to the church of Laodicea, Those who are living lukewarm are either wasting their faith or they never truly had one. John 2 verse 15 to 16 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes comes not from the Father, but from the world. As this verse is saying, and likewise, as John is saying to members of Laodicea, God doesn't want us to be complacent or compromise who He's made and called us to be. Like, do you know your worth and how precious you are to God? And it doesn't matter where you feel like you're at with Him today. 
whether you feel distant or close with Him today, He's giving us a choice, as the text says, to choose a higher way of living, that is to be with and confide in Him and show the people around us His unconditional love. He wants more for us. And not just in our ministry and what we do publicly, but in who we are in our quiet times, in our private life when no one's watching. Some of us here today may have a revelation of who God is or biblical knowledge about Jesus, but is He actually guiding your heart, your thought life, which drives your words, your actions, your habits, your character, the person you are, the person you're becoming? And what I've learned in my 19 long years of living is that there is a big difference between a Christian boy and a godly man. And vice versa, there's a big difference between a Christian girl and a godly woman. What I'm trying to say is there is a big difference between calling yourself a Christian and living Christ-like. And as my mum would say, she's over there, I'm quoting you, mum, as she would say to me, anyone can talk the talk But Hannah, you gotta walk the walk. You gotta walk your talk. And that's just it. Faith without works is no faith at all. And just to clarify, we all sin and fall short. This is not a message of get better, be better, do more for God, no. The goal here of loving God and loving others, it's not about perfection, it's about a person. It's about Jesus. And as we progress towards Christ, He will transform us to be more like Him. Point number one, God is calling us to a higher way of living. God doesn't want you to stay lukewarm and stay where you're at. And I can vouch that he probably despises lukewarm coffee too for that matter. God is continually moving towards you and love and giving you the choice to partner with him in advancing his kingdom here on earth. So now I'm gonna read, now I'm gonna reread Revelation 3 verse 17 to 18 but I'm gonna switch it up a bit and read it from the message translation. Now, I know I said that NLT was the best, but the message does have its moments. All right, you brag. I'm rich, I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that in fact, you're a pitiful blind beggar, threadbare homeless. Wow, sass. Here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold from me, gold that it's been through the refiner's fire, then you'll be rich. Buy your clothes from me, clothes designed in heaven. You've gone around half naked long enough and buy your medicine for your eyes from me so you can see, really see. Point number two, we need to acknowledge our fragility as sinners, our need for God and allow Him to sharpen us. Allow Him to transform you into the image bearer you were created to be. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul quotes Jesus who said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And in the context of the church in Laodicea, the people weren't acknowledging their weaknesses. They believed in their own pride that they were self-sufficient. They believed the illusion that I think the world kind of places on us today, that if you're rich and you have worldly status, then you don't need God because I'm enough. I got on the grind, hashtag work, hashtag seven days a week, non-stop because I got me that body, that degree, that career, that car, that house, that spouse, lots of friends, money, hashtag live, love, life because I got me here because of me. And John is saying to the church of Laodicea and us today, no, you need saving, you need Jesus, return to your first love. 
You know, we don't have it all together despite what our lives look like on the surface. So church, can we let go and let God mould and refine us? Recently, I was up in Portland doing outreach for the youth and young adults and we were located (laughs) in a Baptist church along the street. So anyone walking past could just come in and, you know, get some free coffee, chat, play games. I reckon it was the free coffee that got everyone. And yeah, it's, it's a really long mission. It's like 10 or 11 days. So you get some of the same people coming back each day. And there was this one person I was talking to and they'd come back most days and we were having a good chat. And I was like to him, you know, real talk, why do you come back? You know, like you could be doing other stuff with your life, but you choose to come back to us. And his answer shook me to my core. He said, because when I'm here, I don't have to be strong anymore. I don't have to be strong for my friends or for my family or for my work. I can be who I am and I can be honest with where I'm at here. And I mean, we can unpack that statement for hours in context, but I think that that beautifully depicts the relationship God so desires to have with us. Like, isn't it so beautiful that God doesn't call us to be strong? He doesn't want us to be strong. We don't need to be strong for God. And He wants to meet us where we're at and provide for us. Interestingly, in in the write-up of this sermon, I learnt that another name for God is El Shaddai, which is mentioned in Job and, and Genesis at least 30 times. And it literally translates to the one who is sufficient and protects us from attack. Isn't that incredible? So point number two, acknowledge your need for God and allow Him to refine you. And lastly, point number three, after humbling ourselves before God, we have the life-changing, freeing choice to invite Him into all areas of our lives. You know, the most important verse in this passage, I believe, is Revelation 3.20. And it kind of gives us a solution and invitation to overcoming lukewarm Christianity and doing life together in partnership with God. So verse 20 to quickly recap says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious victorious and sat with my father on his throne. You know, John is saying to the church of Laodicea and us today that we can be in relationship with God. God's knocking on the door of our hearts and saying, let me in. The text says that He wants to eat and dine with us, which in that context refers to a covenant relationship, a close relationship between two people. What part Are you playing in either fostering connection or staying at a distance from God? When was the last time you let Him in? And maybe some of us today feel like we don't really know or have relationship with God. Maybe something happened to you recently or 10, 15, 20 years ago and that made you doubt His love for you. I don't know where you're at, but I promise you, if you choose to give that area and every single area of your life to Him, He will set it on fire, refine it and purify it. Watch Him do a work in your life and turn your mess into a message as opposed to staying lukewarm, to staying at a distance from God. And I did a little activity a while ago and and it was just that. I got my journal out and wrote down every area of my life and gave it to God. And that included upcoming events, things I was looking forward to, 
but also the things I struggle with. And one of the things I wrote down was that I was so anxious about this, about speaking. Like, I almost didn't do it because of how scary you guys all are. Like, you, you're t- terrifying. Um, and it literally, like, I, I almost said no to doing it. And it was, like, one in particular friend, I was like, right, I'm seeing her. And if she says to me, no, I'm not going to do it. And she was like, Hannah, what are you doing? You have to do it. Like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so point is, I almost didn't get up here because I was very, very scared. Um, yeah, so I just had this overwhelming sense of anxiety and fear of the fear of failure. I don't really know how you can fail a sermon, but like that was kind of in my head. And as I gave that insecurity to God every day, like every single day, I can't describe to you the peace I received. And that doesn't mean that I don't feel anxious anymore. But now that struggle is out in the light and I'm not walking in it alone. So I just want to encourage us today that God wants to do this messy yet incredible life with us. And this is the redemptive hope John brings the church of Laodicea. So now I want to invite us to do a similar activity. If you could all whip out your phones and jot down the areas of your life maybe you haven't given to God and list the hopes, dreams, desires, struggles you haven't invited Him into. Maybe for some of us, it's letting Him into your goals for 2023 or inviting Him in to lead all the relationships in your lives, the easy and hard ones. Maybe it's letting Him into that new job or leadership role. Maybe it's letting Him into that physical illness to lust, gossip, doubt, self-doubt, jealousy, self-esteem, comparison, people-pleasing, peer pressure, fear of failure, your sexuality. Maybe for some of us, it's that we feel like we're living lukewarm, feeling like we're trying to juggle the best of both worlds. Or maybe you have questions. Maybe you're still considering if God is even real. Or maybe you've acknowledged God in your life before, but you still feel distant from Him. And that's okay. It's okay to have questions and uncertainties. And I don't know what you've got to give Him, but you do and He does. So invite him in because he's here and he's knocking and he's been relentlessly knocking and pursuing and loving you ever since you came into this world. And as you're writing, a song's gonna play. It's just kind of gonna set the vibe and just let it be you and God in that moment. Let the lyrics wash over you and don't, don't worry about the person in front or behind you. Just give everything you have to him. And not just today, but I encourage you to, to give all areas of your life to God every day because there's always going to be new struggles or new anxieties or new highs, new lows. I encourage you to give that to Him and invite Him in every single day. Continue to let Him in. And after the service, if this has stirred something in you and you want to chat more about faith or inviting Jesus into your life, I'm here and I'd love to chat with you and hear your heart. But also I encourage you to talk to the people around you. Talk to your youth leaders if you're a youth or talk to your parents. There are so many people here who would love to hear your heart. So as you're writing, I want to end with a final verse and question. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in the Lord at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Church, are you willing to open the door of your heart, the door of your life to our El Shaddai, to our safe place, to our refuge, to our God?